0: You're listening to Code Punk with Bill Ahern and Michael Zuhl, a podcast about the intersection between programming, technology, and the digital lifestyle. Right. In, in theory, we're live. In theory, we're recording.
1: In theory, right. we are. We stitch it together and we publish this it.
0: Our, right? This would be our, our second VR episode. We actually planned it to be a part one and a part two because we're still doing experiments. Yeah. Uh, this time I have headphones on. Uh, which ought to be interesting. Um, so that'll kind of cut out some of Bill's voice that was coming out of my headset and into the lapel mic. I also moved the lapel mic a little further away, um, so it's about midway down my chest instead of up by my collar. So hopefully that adds to my, that adds to better audio quality,
1: especially for uh, for
0: Bill's end. Uh, Bill, were you able to ever get your headphones to sync up, or did you make any adjustments between the last episode and this one?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, so uh, same setup. I've got that ultra-sensitive, like, portable 4-track recorder mounted to a desk, but I have headphones on, so this way that recorder won't pick up your voice as it comes through the speakers in the, in the Oculus, so um, right. it'll just be my voice.
0: Um, That'll be good. If everything works out as planned, right? If everything works out as planned, we should have better audio. If you're looking at Bill or you're looking at me, in fact, um, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, of course, this is on your podcast player. This is the second one we've done where we've actually recorded in VR. So you might want to hop over to YouTube, just search for CodePunk. You can find us there. Subscribe to the channel. Watch the second video. Watch the first video there while you're at it. I actually did a behind the scenes. And if you're watching this, you might notice that Bill and I look a lot different than we did In the previous video, that's because Altspace did an update where they released new um, avatar components. It's not as uh, customizable as the email that I received led me to believe, but it does make you a little less blocky. And Bill's whole finger movement that he's doing right there is, I think he's trying to uh, change his his avatar even as we speak.
1: I am, yeah, because I do not like, uh, I don't know, I I see what I look like. I look like a Simpsons character, that's kind of strange. So we'll...
0: He looked like a normal white boy.
1: Yeah, we'll try to update this. Let's see. There. Um, I've got my head so far, my face. Um... So while Bill's working
0: on his avatar, (laughs) I wanted to mention that earlier in uh, the year when we talked about this podcast season, we talked about doing 15 episodes in this, which is our fifth season. Um, We were going to do higher quality content, a little more research. And then after that, 15 episodes uh, was up. We were going to take an extended break and get ready for season six. Now, the pandemic and the coronavirus obviously threw things way, way off. Um, you know, everybody's kind of been backed up and, and even though you do spend a lot more time at home, you don't seem to get as much time to do some of these things that you would expect. Um, so it was actually harder for Bill and I to get together to do some of these recordings than it normally was. And that's why we're actually sitting here in July. This will probably be the last episode of this season. Um, Bill and I have actually had a ton of fun in VR. So we've been discussing actually moving the entire podcast to VR now, last episode, we didn't really have a ton of direct content that we were talking about. We were really kind of exploring the space and talking about virtual reality. And with this being part two of that, you know, we'll, we'll get onto a couple of topics, but we'll probably really just be exploring here as our part two. This will be a relatively shorter episode. When we come back for season six, um, you know, after a couple of months of us doing some more experiments, um, we'll actually be talking about real topics as bill just jumps into his uh, leather jacket yeah (laughs) so we'll be talking about real topics and what will be interesting and what bill and i are going to try to do is how do we bring those topics here into vr i mean do we do we pull up a video clip you know on the wall somewhere or do we go into big screen and do it now we are in alt space vr that doesn't mean that we always have to be there are other uh social apps there are other gathering spaces that we can use but we've been getting a little comfortable with this And so when we end this episode, we'll take an extended break on the podcast. Bill and I will do different experiments together and apart to try to figure out how we can better coordinate topics and actually creating an experience for all of you who are watching and listening. And when we spin back up with season six, it's gonna be a blast because we're gonna do it here here being in virtual reality um, and we're going to see how far we can stretch the boundaries of what it means to do something like this in this space and i'm really excited about it what do you think though
1: yeah no i share your enthusiasm because um it's there's a there's a lot of emergent possibilities meaning we can plan for some stuff but if we allow a little bit of flexibility you know we'll find that things can just sort of happen in vr that we didn't that that were Um, serendipitous we didn't plan for them but they're really cool for example when i was setting up just before we got this this current show kicked off i went to black rock city i was looking for different spaces maybe a place you and i could hang out that was a little different from the space that we're we're in now that was the same space we were in the last episode i thought maybe we change the environment kind of show people that there's user created content places you go and hang out and i turn around and you're just there next to me in black rock city i just that was totally unexpected and, uh, and I joked to you uh, you know a minute ago that I and I instantly recognized you because you have a, a certain color palette that you like to stick to ever since I've known you and um, it's just weird I, yeah, I saw you and it just it was like you were there um, and that's those kind of like really fun surprises that can happen in VR it was just sort of like oh hey man you know and I, I almost felt a little awkward because I, I wanted to like I was really excited when I saw you but this one woman was in the midst of like <laughs> doing a demo for all these people on how to work their their menus and stuff in VR, so I didn't want to interrupt her, so we left. But that's the kind of cool stuff that can happen. Um, Now, we've never had guests on the show, and there's really no interest in it. Um, But, you know, going to other worlds and having the ability to kind of create um, a dynamic and rich environment, uh, I think opens up possibilities to allow us to explore things without having to have other guests on. Because I wouldn't even... You know, I, I, w- I wouldn't even know what to talk to a person about, right, unless they were like an expert on a subject. But I still think the dynamic between you and me sharing our viewpoints, um, knowing each other as well as we do over all this time, um, still I think it's the dynamic that I'm interested in. But now we have these added elements of the visual plus any sort of aids, like you said. We can bring up browsers. Um, we can set things up beforehand so that people who are watching it on YouTube or whatever, wherever the video goes, um, they'll be able to see that and it'll be just more of an enhanced experience and of course i'll do my best and i know you will too to make sure that we're we're given the proper audio cues for people who are still listening to the podcast
0: yeah and i mean it was funny because i logged in and i said oh look bill's online and so i said let me just click on him and i clicked on you and it said that i could you know go to bill and I clicked on it, and that's where I ended up in that space, which is kind of like I was joking to you earlier. It was kind of stalkerish because it's like, oh gee, somebody's your friend, and you just pop into the same space that they're in. And you're right, like these people were all like I didn't I didn't know what you were going to look like with the new avatars. Um, but when I saw the the plain like this this it was the default avatar that you know, Bill was before he switched into this leather jacket. And when I saw that, I said, I wonder if that's Bill and he just hasn't switched yet because everybody else was you know all done up. And yeah. I, I said something to you, and you're like, "Oh, hey!" And you're right; it was like other people talking, and it's like the etiquette that carries over into VR. Because it's like, do I do I interrupt this person? <laughs> do I do I not?
1: You know, do yeah, you exactly. Because away? it um, might be virtual, but you are still in a space with actual human beings, just virtually. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be rude. The rules still apply of normal social engagement. So we left. But I just thought that was really really cool. That whole that whole moment was just another instance that I think reinforces my belief that VR has so much untapped potential, you know? And it's not even near critical mass yet, but I think as people start to see it and start to see how it makes interactions, especially now, again, as you mentioned the pandemic, makes interactions and bringing people together so much easier um, that I I think that the social component is the killer app of VR. You just gotta find a way to communicate that message to people.
0: Yeah, and, and it was pretty funny because we dropped that last episode, and then more articles started coming about, uh, out of, or more articles started to come out about virtual reality, and including like you know, smaller headsets and more investment. So you know, we had kind of touched on Benedict Evans saying that we're going to be our winter, and it's only for gaming. But clearly, nobody else <laughs> sees it that way. Right. And you know, my point was the innovators and the hackers. I mean, we're we're going to be the ones taking us to the next level. I'm reminded of Caprica. Which was kind of the prequel to *Battlestar Galactica*, where they tried to show you what happened on the planet Caprica that led to, um, uh, you know, the the Cylons, and they used this device. And off the top of my head, I forget what it was called, but it was kind of like a hollow lens or a hollow band or something, and they put it kind of over top of their forehead, and it allowed them to enter into this virtual space, and that was actually hacked and it was really it was used for a specific tool for a company but then it kind of got into the underground and so kids were kind of trading around and creating their own spaces and their own rules and I really believe that even if VR doesn't take off as a workplace item or an extended family item it's certainly going to take off you know with the, the kids in cyberspace so to speak um, as you know we move forward and there's a lot of people that are doing very interesting things with VR so you know I'm not sour on the subject i think it's great i mean i spent the money for the headset it was one of the better investments i've made and this is just the oculus quest it's not even the most powerful one that they have which i think is just awesome with how well it's done
1: yeah it's true you know it's fun i was i was um reading about how uh facebook is working on the next iteration of the oculus and i was reading some specs on the other oculus so there's the oculus there's another one, it's it's the newer version that you can tether to your computer, but that one actually has a right, lower resolution than the Oculus. I mean, obviously, res, It's just they're just numbers. That one has a lot more power right. that you can plug in a computer, but the, the Oculus for a portable headset has a higher resolution, which I, I just didn't know that. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, and so, but my point being is that you aren't, and this is to somebody who maybe is listening to the show who... Maybe he's on the fence, or maybe isn't on the fence, and said, you know, "VR is definitely not for me. It gives me a headache. I tried it once, or I have a friend who tried it." Um, the 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 graphics are definitely lower res. I mean, you're looking at like maybe PlayStation 2 era graphics, but that's only because I think that the, is contingent upon maybe the artist who creates the content. Perhaps I don't. I don't fully know. Um, I've never really. I've never read reviews of, say, a game or an environment that says, this is the software that pushes the limits. This is the max that you can get with the Oculus Quest. I'd like to see that. Um, but again, once you get in the world, the resolution and the fidelity doesn't matter insofar as it's not so low that it gives you a headache, which I have not had. Um, I, got, I, ha- I got a headache one time playing um, Arizona Sunshine because instead of teleporting, i was moving through the world and it didn't have the slight edge blur so it was giving me like a weird peripheral thing but i've spent many many hours now in vr and i've never gotten a headache from it despite the fact it's not about the lower resolution once you're in the world you're in the world that's the part it's once you get immersed the cartoony graphics maybe or the lower resolutions kind of fall away like your brain is sort of filling in that part because it's it hasn't gotten to the uncanny valley so it's not so realistic that you notice all the flaws so your brain's doing a lot of work to kind of bring the rest of it to life. And it's effective. It's really powerful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting in a chair right now. Uh, last time I was standing up the whole time and I'm, I'm facing where my computer is. I got the mic plugged in and I got my headset plugged in. And I, I don't, I have to concentrate to realize that I'm sitting in a chair in a room. Because to me, I'm in a much more expansive area, and I actually forget that I'm here. And it's 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 incredible, even with the controls. Like I'm gonna move backwards and forwards, left and right, yeah. and I'm changing my view. You get used to that really quickly, and you, you start to forget that that's an unnatural way of your movement. So, like if I'm coming over here and I'm coming to the couch and I'm using this way of navigating to me it feels natural which is weird because i'm sitting in a chair but i forget that i'm sitting in a chair and when i move around i feel movement i i I think i'm moving and it's the weirdest cartoonish you know remote control movement and i think that's just the immersive experience even in this cartoonish world and if it can do that with these graphics and in fact a lot of the games are ports of other games a lot of them are ports of cell phone games so a lot of times it's like, oh, look, here's another uh, environment that we can just push this port off into. I think that detracts from some of the clarity that you're looking for, or some of the, the pushing the boundaries. And then some of the other applications are really like um, art house things. Uh, so you got art house things, you have games, and you have an awful lot of ports. So there's nobody that's really started concentrating. I mean, a couple couple companies have, don't get me wrong, um, but there hasn't just been a, just a huge investment in i'm just going to build this awesome thing only for for vr um and oculus would be a good choice because it is you know uh, um it's that's an it's based on android right oculus environments or os it's on top of the android system yes yep so so i mean you already have the tools at your are or at your exposure expose yourself you already have tools <laughs> at your exp- <laughs> exposal um but yeah, I mean, it's it's rather incredible.
1: It is. And, um, Disposal. And uh, I'm going to expose myself here. Uh, so <laughs> um, you're right. I think that because it's a, a platform that has um, well well-known tools, a lot of people who want to bring content to VR are saving money by just porting stuff, using tools that they mm-hmm. know and software that already exists. They just have to you know uh, maybe lower some resolution or do whatever I have to do but they're not creating stuff from the ground up and uh, I just want to repeat your point that you made that really does kind of in a way hurt the oculus because it's not bringing that tailor-made experience saying okay here's all the stuff that the oculus can do specifically the quest so you build towards that and you create this really profound experience now I haven't tried and I posted this on uh, Facebook um uh i believe on the code punk feed uh that um i i don't know other places but i know on the quest they have live actors doing a rendition of shakespeare's the tempest and yes i saw that you posted that yeah and you go in to this it's I, i believe it's free or no you could buy tickets and they had like a trial run that's what it was and then you can go buy tickets like a normal play and then uh, I wanted to experience it. You go in and real actors are there in real time to kind of take you through whatever parts of it have been prescripted. Um, right. And so you get this unique experience. You And I, I think they did it in groups. So I think certain actors are assigned to some number of people. So I, you and I could go at the same time, not get in the same group, get a different actor for the same experience at the same time, and it will be a different experience for the both of us because they're trying to create this engagement in VR. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. People can come, and they can have a unique experience that is, I mean, if you find Shakespeare boring, then there's nothing you can do about it. But if you, if you are interested in living, living art, theater, um, you can do something like that, and you can even go a second time and expect that it will be different in some way, obviously, because the actor is gonna bring their own flavor. I think that's incredible. And I think we need more stuff like that because then it, less, it matters less about fidelity and graphics and more about have you delivered an experience that was really delivering on the promise of virtual reality.
0: I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. In fact, um, not far from where I live, there's a there's a city called Stanton. Stanton has it's the it's the it's a Shakespeare uh, theater um, patterned after Blackfriars and it was built to look exactly like. Blackfriars, and they do a lot of Shakespeare. They do a little other, other things too. I think they do the Christmas Carol um, in the in November and December. Because I mean, they're always obviously Shakespearean theater actors, play actors. They're always running out of money. So they realized that if they did um, you know a Christmas Carol in November and December, that actually made up enough money uh, for them to go the rest of the year. But the pandemic really hurt them. Um, like running around the room the pandemic really hurt them because the the theaters basically closed and they needed to pay their actors so they did a a huge funding drive and of course I contributed money some of my coworkers contributed money because we didn't want to see a place like that go under I mean that would be terrible for that to go under and um, what they ended up starting to do also is they started to sell tickets to live streams so they would basically you'd, you'd buy a ticket, it was of course not the cost of a real ticket, but then you log in with your computer and you can actually watch them perform, um, you know, some of the Shakespearean theater or some singing or some dancing or whatever, and there was different things that they did live. So they utilized Facebook Live and streaming as best they could. But then take that same experience and say, well, wait a minute. If you're on the Oculus, just put this headset on and it will be like you're sitting there in the theater experiencing the same thing you would have had we not had a pandemic and actually been at the theater. And I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I You know, um, one of my I had a, a 360 camera. Uh, it was a Samsung. I have now I have a GoPro 360, but I had a Samsung and um, it wasn't. Great. I had to get hacked software because it was I didn't know this when I bought it, but um the hardware was designed to work obviously specific specifically with the software, but the app really was only designed to work with Samsung phones, even though they're all Android, which is the most mind numbingly dopey thing. Um I'm watching your hands just float in space. Is there a reason for
0: that? I don't know. It's... This guy kind of got him at my side.
1: Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) But anyway, so um, the the point I was getting to was I the I had to find a hacked app um, to run on my phone. It worked for a little bit, but it it was inconsistent. But uh, and it was unfortunate. So I had I wound up going and buying a GoPro. The GoPro, as far as I know, um, doesn't have a live streaming option, but the Samsung one Mm -hmm. did, and that's kind of the thing. Like you know, I kind of think about this. My wife um, directs theater. And I always think about that. I've, I've said this all the time. I've got, I've got uh, a number of friends in, in the theater community, and they always kind of balk at the idea that I always say, because being a technologist, you know, um, every problem... I have a hammer, so every problem is a nail. Um, throw technology at it. Like, why can't you put a camera somewhere, or put cameras, like, not necessarily just 360 cameras, but put cameras somewhere, record it, live stream it, and then, you know, have it in an archive where people can maybe almost like th- like Netflix for theater. Um, yep. Apparently, there's a lot of logistics around that makes that kind of difficult. I still see why not solve that problem, you know? Yeah, and especially and that, now. i don't
0: see why you couldn't. Right. Um, it's funny, so there's a YouTube channel called Polymatter, and at the end of one of his videos, it talked about a, um, a streaming video service called Nebula. And really what it is is a bunch of the uh, these indie creators got together and they formed their own service and I forget what the cost of it was. You got it for free if you were part of Curiosity Stream, Dude, you just ran right through me. That was crazy. <laughs> um, but they're doing, they're doing things like that where you're able to kind of package it up as an indie creator and not have to uh, pay for all that infrastructure yourself. And to your point, I mean, look at that stupid beer port video that I did. And by the way, I'm going to do more of them. So I apologize, (laughs) everybody who subscribes to the Code Punk channel. I had fun doing that. But, I mean, I did stupid things like sound effects and, you know, fade outs and, you know, fade to to grayscale. I mean, look, I'm not a video editing pro. I got Camtasia and a couple of effects and I I read some tutorials online. But I created something that was a little entertaining. Right. Um, And... If you could do that with just a little bit of effort, what could you do with a lot of effort? So I, I totally hear you there. Now I'm looking at this wall behind you. And I remember last time, we told the listeners that this wall could turn into a video oh, yeah. or a computer screen. And we were actually wrong about that. Incorrect. So let's, let's, step over to the, yeah. let's, let's step over to the other room. It's the next and, room over. And, <laughs> yeah. Or is it two rooms over? Because that's closed. I guess it's down here. Look at you jumping in front of me. Yeah. It's so much faster. All right. So, there we go. So here we are in a different room, and that is the screen. There it is. Have. And apparently, well, so this says, playlist is empty, open video player. So I'm going to see if, well, see, I can't. It doesn't look like I can get anything up on here myself. Playlist is empty. Search above to add a video. So this is YouTube. So actually, you know what? Let's uh, Let's search. I'm going to search our channel real quick.
1: Yeah. If is it YouTube? Yeah, you know, funny. Uh, I'd gone in here, and there's a lot of Mixer stuff, and that's interesting. Now that and Microsoft, of course, owns AltSpace. Uh, it's interesting well, that
0: Mixer's going away, right?
1: Mixer's yeah. In fact, the either Mi- the most current update done, or one coming out soon, Microsoft is completely removing Mixer from the Xbox. So right, right. it's just going so away. Just... Let me see if I can scroll
0: in this. It's kind of. Uh...
1: Oh, the re- while you're doing that, the reason I was dancing around you was because as I was talking to you, I noticed that even as you moved around, your avatar's eyes were looking at me, and I wanted to see if I moved right. to your left, your right, if the if the eyes were still tracking me, and it appeared that they were, which is a pretty interesting little, I think, thing that they add. Those are the kinds of things when when I think smart developers are building. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, there, oh, there's your beer pour
0: yeah so let's see you might not be able to hear it because it's kind of low um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see I'm going to move a little closer I guess you can't really turn it up but it'll be interesting to see if that audio gets picked up um, from our recording because oh, yeah. we know that a lot of the audio audio between us didn't get
1: picked up I suspect it may right because it's environmental uh, who knows we'll the find way, out beer is
0: really good. This is uh, this is Mama Tired from uh, Parkway Brewing. It's a blueberry uh, sour. It's not too sour that it gives you a problem, and it's not too sweet. So it's a pretty solid ale. And that's Logic Magazine over on the side. I just finished reading that one, which was really, really solid. <laughs> um, I did
1: mean to tell you and it, that... Go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that your beer pour did inspire me. I do want to give you a video of me pouring a beer... Because it's a very particular way I have to pour it. So I was at a party one time and uh, a, like a, a, a friend of a friend, um, well she's my friend now, I've, I've known her long enough, but uh, a friend of my wife's, Layla, this girl, uh, she was friends with a guy, I think his name was Frank, he's a master brewer at one of the filler brewery, Philly breweries here. And anyway, so um, this was years ago and I had left hand uh, milk stout nitro. And he's like, oh, and he's nice. like, we're still trying to figure out how to get nitro, like the, the sort of, whatever you call that, brew it with nitro, however that works. And uh, he's like, yeah, you can pour it um, really high. You want to unlock the flavor, and the nitro locks it in. And I was like, well, what does that mean? He's like, so, and I'm already kind of tipsy because I already had some beers. And by the way, left hand uh, brewing that uh, nitro I'm talking about is a delicious stout. And uh, so I'm going higher and higher, just pouring it like all the way up, I got this whole stream of beer going right into my cup and you can see it does that thing where like there's just that like waterfall of whatever foam or something inside the thing, but never foams over. So I'll do a video. I'll give that to you.
0: Nice. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I have a a video from when I deployed into production at like 6 p.m. on a Friday um, and the beer that I popped open before I hit that button was uh, 10% ABV um, uh, Funkatorium. Uh, so it was a sour beer, but it was 10% alcohol and I had some, uh, res in the plane in the background, uh, dubstep, uh, electronic, uh, musician and, uh, the video came out pretty good. So that might be the next one I throw up there. I'm trying, I feel bad. Like I don't want to, I don't want to bombard the Code Punk channel with a bunch of beer pours, but I do have <laughs> several that I can, that I can kind of weave in between content. And, uh, in fact, I just finished up, um, a, a ghost blog in, in five minutes, tutorial, um, that I'm going to throw up there. And, and, I, and I promise everybody who's watching this, we will get back to coding on the, the Code Punk channel. There was a lot of setup. If you notice, a lot of our um, thumbnails have changed and the, the tone has changed a little bit. Again, I, I wanted to move away from pure how-to videos and bring the channel closer to what Bill and I were doing with um, you know, the podcast, where we were really more about life in a new Siberia. It's this blending of culture and life with technology bringing us back to how we felt you know in the 80s when we were growing up so the channels started to reflect that as we did more digital shots as we did you know kind of some in five minutes things that pertained to what we were doing of course doing the vr in uh for code punk and then doing the behind the scenes which which also worked out really well uh, for us so i mean there's a lot of experimentation going on on that channel as well just like we're experimenting here and that's really what it's all about because if we're not experimenting we're gonna get bored yeah and i just i i like doing things that reflect our personality reflect our interests and are not just the same run-of-the-mill stuff that you can find on anybody else's channel or in anybody else's podcast
1: yeah i think we're taking a, a, a fairly um, um i'm reluctant to say it but i can't think of a better way but a, a, an organic approach to allowing things to evolve because this you know, we do this for us, really. There's not like we're trying to hit some sort of target demographic for advertising. This is strictly for us to have fun, almost kind of document our own growth, especially at this point now in our lives. You know, we, you know we, we've talked about doing it for, God, decades, it feels like almost now, and almost technically it has been. Um, but, uh, you know, so now we finally are doing it and we're doing it the way we want to do it and, and keeping it fun. And that's kind of the important thing. Uh, I know that's the case for you. That's certainly the case for me. Um, which is cool. And I think I really do think that the VR part is a really obvious and natural evolution of kind of us creating content. You know this is something that mm-hmm. you know, I've been waiting my whole life for VR. I've said it multiple times, and it's finally here in a way that I think you know it might not be holodeck, but this is this is more than just serviceable. This is. Awesome, you know, and it's not even limited to you know a handful of templates that you have to get in and just deal with. You can create your own stuff. You know, you can meet tons of people. You know, we're at, we're at Black Rock City, which for people who don't know what that is, is where they have Burning Man every year. And obviously, Burning Man this year is canceled. Uh, I go to a lot of the local burner parties, and I know that a lot of people are really bummed out about that, of course. So they found a way, if they can't do a real Burning Man, to get together with their fellow burners. In VR, and and that's fantastic. I think that's great. That that makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, it's a good reflection of the culture because, of course, Burning Man had a lot to do with pushing the boundaries of technology as well. A lot of Silicon Valley people went there and spent their time out the does and spent their time out in the desert. A lot of people kind of um, came up with innovative ideas there. It's a, it's a. I know some people have soured on Burning Man um, because of the the kind of elitist. Um, the air of elitism that seems to have uh, surrounded it or started to surround it um, nothing's worse than, than the, the wealthy white Silicon Valley guy who goes to Burning Man and suddenly he's a, he's a changed spiritual person and comes back and he's going to change the world for the, for the better rather than listening yeah. to the people who have been telling him he needs to change I mean I totally get that but I still think that Burning Man is a, is a fun thing and I think that doing it in VR matches perfectly with um, how they view themselves
1: yeah yeah, and the culture itself, you 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 highlighted that, and that's something that can't be uh, overstated. The culture is important, and you might have a couple of rich yahoos going in there, and drawing all the attention onto themselves, but it doesn't change the fact that there's still a really strong community around it. You can find all kinds of places you can probably find on Reddit. Uh, right. It's definitely on Facebook. So, and that's just kind of again, and that's ancillary, but it makes sense that that culture would in, incorporate VR because that they kind of come from that they are the you know the kind of like fringe hardware wild people you know i remember hearing first about burning man in the early 90s and that was it was more of an art movement thing you went out there and you were it was it it had a a loose coupling with technology but it was just basically really what it was was the people who were so forward thinking technology could not not play a role in thinking about the future thinking about the evolution of you know social culture in general you know and they adopted that very early so it's always been in the dna of burning man um so it's really yeah and i think it's a i think it's a direct
0: reflection of kind of the early um you know the well homebrew computer club kind of that early generation that just came out of the hippie generation, and we're kind of exploring that left libertarianism through computers. You know, Timothy Leary uh, thought that computers were the next step of kind of psychedelia. So, I mean, yep. you know, Burning Man is a is a a descendant or a cousin of that. Um, or at least a subgenre kind of shot off of that but you're right oh, a lot yeah. of that experimentation experiment I mean you know Douglas Rushkoff's Siberia you, you know, Mondo 2000 you look yeah at are you serious those you know, early all those scenes yep those people and the way they viewed technology with life and with um, you know freedom um, you know psychedelic drugs and all that that was kind of all wrapped up into this subgenre and that, that you know Burning Man is, is the same
1: yeah yeah, so it, it's great to see that um, the spirit is still alive, even if maybe some people kind of wander in, that might be persona non grata, it doesn't matter. The culture doesn't change, it continues right. to evolve. And that's, that's, the, that's what's going on here too with VR, and just kind of bringing that back, and that is why I think it's nice that you and I can allow ourselves to have the freedom to evolve it in a way that still keeps it fun and interesting for us, because that's what it's always been about. You know, we, we immerse ourselves in this sort of cutting edge stuff, um, not because it's cutting edge, But because it's new it's interesting and without a lot of rules when something is sort of this burgeoning scene you get a chance to either define the rules or play play in a space that has less boundaries because there are no rules yet eventually i think you know the one thing that i understand and i accept this is as vr becomes more mainstream behaviors norms um even Anything, anything you think of how people will experience VR becomes codified. You know, there becomes a standard. Uh, That's okay. I'd rather have a standardized VR that, that, you know, millions of people are accessing than something that remains to be a little too underground for critical mass and, you know, either withers on the vine or never really quite takes off. I'd much prefer mass appeal and all the negative stuff that comes with that. The internet, I mean, it's the same thing with the internet.
0: I agree. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So this is part two of our experiments with VR. I promised you that we'd keep it short (laughs) this time because last time um, we ran long, but really what, you know, we are in our own space. This is, you know, the basic room that you're in. We didn't take anybody outside of this room, um, but we did wander around. We showed you what the the screen looked like here when you play something on it. So you can start to see some of the things um, that you can do kind of just on your own. Um, Bill brought up a good point that we've never had guests on the show, nor, nor did we really have any intention to. We didn't want to. We didn't want to be another podcast where we're just interviewing people. It was always about the, the. It was always about the dynamic between the two of us. So what's going to be interesting is we will go into other places, like how Bill and I met, you know, at the faux Burning Man earlier or we go to the campfire or we go to another room where they're playing something on the screen or maybe somebody is singing or whatever. So you will experience interaction with other people. We actually will have other people who we talk to and that's gonna be interesting to see how, when we take you into other areas to show you what that exploration is like and what that interaction is like, those will be people that'll be popping up in our videos, which is gonna be interesting because we've never really done that before. Um, So I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm excited to see where some of the other apps go that we dive into because we do the party chat, um, we're able to still, and we record separately, we're able to stay in touch with each other. Even if we jump into an app where we can't actually be standing right next to each other. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of content and a lot of experimentation that we can do. Like I said, this is the last episode for this season and it'll be a while before we pick back up, probably not until later in the year, but I think it'll be, you know, great time for us to do those experiments and we'll drop different recordings on YouTube as far as, you know, some, maybe some, some crazy stuff that we've done kind of behind the scenes. But when we pick back up, you'll have a podcast again Where it's not just going to be us talking about the vr that we're in but you know if we do another episode where like a gerald haas episode where we're talking about something you know that happened to you know a programmer we could pull that up on one of these screens or we could pull that up in a different app or we could play a video clip um and then we the way we splice like bill said the way we splice that together when we do the video Um, is going to be interesting to see how we can do that. That's what I think I'm most excited about is all of the mistakes we're going to make trying to figure out how we can make this work
1: because that's fun for me. Yeah, that is definitely the fun part. I agree. Did you
0: have any last words to say before we end the recording?
1: No last words.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, which might be a while, but I'll let you know that we're basically, you know, Code Punk Podcast 2.0. We're stepping into a was it? What is it, VR? 2.0, 3.0, <laughs> and like a, yeah. what, what version of web are, are we at that point? Um, yeah, it would be like 3.0. Whenever we spin back up, yeah, right. Whenever we spin back up, everybody, um, it's going to be exciting. So until then, talk to you later.
1: Take care, everyone
0: that's it for this episode of code punk you can subscribe to this podcast on google play itunes and stitcher or listen to it on the web at codepunk.io you can find bill on twitter at northustra and michael on twitter at zool